0: Genesis chapter 6. We're going to begin up there around verse 13. So the Holy Spirit gives to us these words. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come up before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it, the length of it, Uh, of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Notice verse 16 now. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubic from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with the lower second and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, and you and your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Holy Spirit of God, we pray right now, God, that you would move upon us. Breathe upon, Lord, your word tonight and upon your servant. God, I pray that you'd give to us liberty tonight to declare your infallible and eternal word. God, help us to preach as a dying man to dying people. God, I pray that you would give your people ears to hear the word of God tonight. Pray, God, that you would stir their hearts, God, with the fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. God, revive our hearts in these difficult and dark days in which we're living. Help us to know and to realize that we're the people of the living God. Help us to be reminded, God, that we're your people, that we've been called, God, we've been commissioned to go into the world. And God, we're to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And Father, we will not be discouraged and well-doing. Lord, give revival. Lord, revival can only come by your moving. God, we cannot practice revival. We cannot proclaim revival. We cannot uh, do anything, God, other than pray and seek your face, God, for revival so god give it to your people tonight we ask it in jesus mighty name for your glory and your honor and the church said amen Amen. i want to share with you tonight a thought from this text and i want you just keep your bibles open because i got a bad habit of traveling when i uh, when i preach by the way um, i hope all of you got your hymn book tonight y'all got your hymn book people at gray pond know what the hymn book is the hymn book is that right there it's a book about him you see so keep your hymn book open the hymn book the book about him and we're going to be looking and traveling through this text tonight and we're going to be looking at a title for our text tonight lessons learned through the window of our storms lessons learned through the window of our storms I got on the Internet and uh, started looking around just to find a little introductory illustration to this uh, this text tonight. And, and I found out that in 1900, in, uh, the year 1900 in Galveston, Texas, there was a hurricane that struck that city and there was over 8,000 people that died. In the year 2010, there was an earthquake that... Uh, Shook Haiti, and they guesstimate that somewhere in the neighborhood of 230,000 people lost their lives. On December the 26th, of 2004, there was a tsunami that covered some 14 countries, 14 different countries, and they estimate that at least 280,000 people perished in that tsunami. 126,000 of those were in Indonesia. Now, am I connecting with anybody? These are storms, you see, and tragedies. These are, uh, these are disasters. In the year 2004, December the 26th, again, we see, as I just explained to you, when this um, tsunami struck Indonesia, we know that, that was a, that's primarily a Muslim country for a while, there are people there begin to turn to God and they begin to turn away from these uh, these false religions. Right. But after a while, things begin to die down and people turn right back to their normal course of living. In 1970, there was the Bola cyclone that struck present-day Bangladesh, killing some 500,000 people. December 2005, Hurricane Katrina struck the... Uh, The uh, shores down in Louisiana, they estimate about 1,200 people lost their lives and the uh, tragedies or the uh, economic cost ran into somewhere around $170 billion. Now listen, folks, these are storms that either we have read about or some of us, we were living when they happened but the Holy Spirit of God gives to us right here tonight, if you still believe the Bible, and whether you believe it or not, it's still true, that there was a storm that was greater in its, uh, in its capacity than all these other storms combined. Beloved, I want you to know something that God declares in His Word that there's going to come another storm. And beloved, there is going to be no escape through that storm except that you be born again and that you be a part of the rapture that God has promised he's going to give to the church. Amen. It's coming. It's coming. The Bible tells us that it's once appointed to men to die and after death there comes judgment. But listen, beloved, the Bible tells us also that the wages of sin is death and we're going to reap what we sow. America has turned her back on God and we are seeing tonight we are right now as we stand listen we are experiencing there's godliness godlessness on every hand even in some of our churches our churches that at once they proclaimed the word of god and they held fast to its holy doctrines and now they've turned their back against it they've turned their back against the sanctity of human life they've turned their back against the biblical biblical teachings of marriage they've turned their back on the and uh, the inspiration of the living god and now they've started bringing in human doctrine and dogma and beloved god said god has pledged his name that he will not sit back and not bring judgment there's a storm coming beloved are you prepared but i want us to take uh and just pound a stake down a little bit there in verse 16 and i want us to notice that in this this ark here that god had commanded Noah to build that there was a window that was placed in this ark and that ark was something about 18 inches squared and it was placed in the top floor there was three floors on that ark and this ark, no doubt, was right in the center of that ark and it could be seen all the way from the bottom floor right straight up. You could see that ark. Uh, in other words, it was, uh, it was unobstructed. So I want us to look and, uh, at some pictures or some lessons that we can learn from this window as Noah faces his storms and you and I, beloved, we will face storms in our life. The first thing I want to share with you tonight how storms can shake our faith how storm storms can shake our faith now i want you to take your bibles and turn over to chapter two and i want you to look at verse five the bible says that before the uh before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown for the lord had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground see before this storm came, beloved, it had not rained. That's right. God had provided a mist to uh, to sustain and morsen the earth. But because of man's sins, God was forced, if you will, to do something drastic in the way of judgment. And God commands Noah to build an ark. And we'll see in just a little bit there in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, how God said that Noah is to build that ark for the saving Of his house I want you to know something today Christians fathers that we need to make sure that our children know that they have an ark and that ark is the Lord Jesus Christ we need to teach our children we're to reverence the Word of God we need to teach our children that listen that Jesus Christ is sufficient to meet their every need of life you see this rain that was about to come on the earth the Bible tells us that uh, that this ark that Noah was to prepare it took him somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 years to build. And the Bible tells us that by faith he condemned the world, and he became the heir of righteousness that came through his faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God the hebrew writer tells us again regarding noise said that by faith noah built an ark for the saving of his household oh beloved storms have a way to shake our faith but see there's three things that we need to look at regarding this first of all this storm first of all we see the provocation of the storm what was it that caused this storm there in chapter six beginning in verse five the Holy Spirit says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the, and thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yes, right. Can you imagine that everything that they thought of, they found something evil to practice it out or to work it out in? the internet is a marvelous tool it's a wonderful invention but beloved can you imagine tonight just through your sanctified imagination how much evil has been perpetrated through the internet today look at television look at the evil that's been perpetrated through it every imagination the bible says of their heart was evil continually and verse 6 says then the lord was sorry that he had made man On the earth, and he was grieved in his spirit. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the earth, for I am sorry that I have made them. You see, that God says it twice. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, the provocation of the storm. Let me say to us tonight, beloved, that our witness, our work, our walk, everything about us beloved should reflect the holiness and the purity of the God that we love and the God that we serve but in spite of all those things beloved the Bible said that through much tribulation had that we must enter into the kingdom of heaven Jesus he said that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and listen doesn't matter how good you are doesn't matter how bad you are the good the bad and the ugly listen we're gonna go through trials we're gonna have problems hey we're not hey listen we're living in a fallen world and we ourselves are fallen people but I thank God for this verse there in verse 8 Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord the Bible has promised His children that He will put no more upon us than we're able to bear, that He will through the trial, He will through the temptation, He will through the peril, whatever it is that you're facing, God will make a way of escape. Amen. First Corinthians 10 and 13, the provocation of the storm was that men had turned their backs on God. Nor because not of his sins, beloved, but of the sins of those around him, finds himself in the thick of the storm second Peter 2 and 9 the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment aren't you glad today that no matter how difficult or how hard the storm is that God's got his arms around you yes, sir. Yes, sir. oh beloved I'm reminded on the time when when the Lord talk, spoke to Peter and his disciples and told him to get in the boat and go to the other side And we sometimes forget to read that next verse. Jesus says, I'll meet you on the other side. Oh, beloved, he did, those disciples did not know that he was sending them right smack dab, right in the thick, right in the face of a storm. And we find that way over in the wee hours of the morning, they were struggling at rowing, the scripture says, and they were about to give up. Now listen, these were not any, any weak-kneed fellows. These fellows were fishermen. They were used to rough weather. They were used used to these rough billows and these howling winds. But this was a supernatural storm. Some Bible commentators think that it's a storm that was of a, of demonic origins. And in the midst of their storm, in the most peril of their life, guess who it is they see? They see the Lord Jesus coming to them, walking on the sea. Oh, beloved, when you're in the thick of the storm, no matter what the provocation of it is, you can look around and you can see Jesus coming. Oh, he will not leave his darlings defend by themselves. So we see the provocation of the storm, not because of Noah's sins, but of the sins around him. And I just want to Just want to just digress just a little bit, Christians. Listen, we have a solemn responsibility. God has blessed this nation, I believe, more than any nation in human history. And uh, we're seeing today because of sin, the church has filled in her responsibility to be the light of the world. We're seeing, seeing sin begin to invade our homes, invade our communities, invade our churches all around us sin is invading us. Why? Because the church is not the church. I can remember a time in my life that most of our Christian, most of our leaders, political leaders, they were Christians or at least they had Christian values. But not anymore. Matter of fact, they're scorned and they're derided. And used to, yes, in the church, we dictated policy to what's going on out there. Now it's the church, uh, the world has come in and they're dictating to the church. Shame on us let me say something to you saints you better know who you're voting for god's gonna hold us accountable listen your children may suffer the uh, house of representatives uh, passed a uh, equality acts bill And if it goes through the uh, Senate, which I hope and pray it does not, the church will be virtually silenced. We will be forced to accept the same-sex agenda, this uh, transgendered notion, this demonic mess. And if a preacher, Brother Hilton, we preach against it, we read the Word of God, we will be subject not only to civil uh, penalties but also criminal penalties. And sad to say that many Christians are still supporting those kind of people. Now listen. You cannot invite me here because I said that or not. That's your prerogative. But I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to tell the truth. Listen, John the Baptist got his head cut off because he confronted that old wicked king. And bless God, I'm nothing, but I'm still going to tell you the truth. Amen. So we see here the provocation of the storm. Not only do we see the provocation of the storm, we see the pervasiveness of the storm. You see this? Storm came in tremendous fury. I can see the uh, that that pealing thunder and that piercing lightning as as that uh, as Noah and his family gathered there in that ark, and uh, and the rains began to beat down upon that uh, that ship, and it began to rise with those swelling tides. And after a while, that ship began to rock and it began to roll. And listen to thunder and then the lightning and then the hail and the, and there's just truck tremendous tum- tumult that's happening but let me say something beloved that they were in the ark aren't you glad again tonight that you're in the ark aren't you glad tonight that jesus listen has got the helm of our ship tonight hey hey there's storms all around us hey nothing hardly shocks my conscience anymore i heard about that young fella getting killed i heard about a, 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 a just right down the road here in south carolina about a pastor molesting a child hardly nothing shocks my consciousness there's perversive and pervasive sin all around us but thank god i'm still in the ark i'm still safe in the arms of jesus Man, it seems like, you know, we get through one struggle and then there's another struggle, a greater struggle. But I thank God that he's still in control, amen? We see the provocation of this storm, the pervasiveness of this storm. The pervasiveness of the storm, we see it's in severity. Look there at chapter 7. Look over that verse 11. Be part of that verse. The Bible says, On that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were open oh think about it beloved there was not a square inch on this planet that was not covered in water think about it not a square inch around this community There's probably not a family that I'm preaching to tonight that is not some way affected or impacted by alcoholism or drug addiction or homosexuality. Sin seems to be pervasive and we're seeing the severity of it. We're we're not seeing a lessening of it, but it seems like it's increasing. It's getting worse and worse. And we, the saints of the living God, we are asleep at the helm we're not praying ma'am sometimes we ought to do like those old people my daddy used to say they'd come to the church when it wouldn't rain in the middle of the day and they began to pray and it wouldn't be long god would send the rains i believe if they god did it for them he'd do it for us we just got so comfortable we feel like god owes us some things amen see the severity of the storm we see the storm's intensity there in verse 17 chapter 7 the water's increased you see that verse 18 the waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth then in verse 23 we see here that uh, that it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse oh my friends I believe that uh, perhaps those fellows they had become hopeless and they realized their helplessness but oh uh, noah and his family again look where they are you know what we're looking around and we're seeing the emptiness in people and if we're not careful, that stuff is contagious. We'll get the same way. You know what, young people, you're just married. If you want your marriage to thrive and you want to be happy together with your spouse, you get hooked up with somebody who's got a good marriage and been in it for years. And let them mentor you and you learn from them listen you young Christians if you want to grow and thrive and be a part of this church you get hooked up with a faithful member that loves the house of God loves the people of God loves the Word of God I'll tell you why to be contagious after a while God will begin to move in your spirit and stir you and, and begin to use you in such a dynamic way you see the provocation of the storm the pervasiveness of the storm and then lastly thirdly we see the perver- uh, persistence of this storm look there at chapter 7 Again in verse 24. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. The pervasiveness or persistence rather of this storm. You see, I am convinced of this church. Listen to me. If you don't take anything else home with you. I am consistent. I believe this. That God sometimes he will allow Satan to sift us. To prove us to test us I read a biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and if you know much about Dietrich Bonhoeffer under the rule of Hitler and um, and the church began to compromise with Hitler and the church in Germany was at one time a very strong devout church and they began to latch on to the doctrine of the uh, of, of Hitler and old Dietrich Bonhoeffer began to preach and to teach against him and he said, an untested faith, an untried faith is an untrusted faith. That's right. He began to preach against the compromising church. And he began to uh, admonish his fellow pastors. He said, We need to hold true to the pure doctrines of the scriptures and not of man. Praise and, beloved, let me say something to you. There were storms that began to come in that man's life, and eventually it cost him his life. But god used him in a dynamic in a mighty way to raise up people like uh like uh, the uh, the lady there what's her name but anyway she she rescued hundreds and hundreds of jews from the rule and the terror and the death squads of nazi of hitler's nazi regime uh that's what we need to realize today that listen it's not going to sometimes come in the morning the Bible says that weeping may endure the night, but joy comes in the morning. But beloved, let me tell you something. Sometimes the night gets mighty long. I'm reminded. I'm reminded of a gentleman. He was in a very terrible earthquake, and uh, one of the uh, one of the news reporters was interviewing him and asking him what his experience was like in that in that earthquake. And he says, he said it was terrible. It was terrible. He says, I looked around me. And he says, I saw the earth. You could see the earth swelling and and bobbling. He says, I looked across and I could see the, the trees. They were swaying and they were falling over. He said, I looked and I saw buildings, buildings that I thought that would last forever. They began to crumble and topple over like they were nothing. He said, but then I looked in the skies and I saw the vast firmament of a God. And I saw the stars and they were steadfast and steady. And then my soul found peace. Oh, beloved, listen, don't look on the outside. Don't look on the outside, but look on the inside. Don't look outwardly, but look upwardly. Look to Jesus, trust Him. Amen. So we see, we see not only the, how the storms can shake our faith, but we see how storms can shape our faith. As I said, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he learned that lesson, how storms can shape us and how troubles they have a way of molding us and making us. I can remember Brother um, Conley Jacobs, a humble man, didn't have much education, worked as a janitor over there at the university at Pembroke. But every time you saw old Brother Conley, he had a word about the Lord to, to share with you. Brother Larry told me one time he saw a fella over there dressed in a nice suit, looked like he was might have been a professor, and he looked to the side and seen an old fella dressed in old drab work clothes said he got a little closer said oh he said that's brother Conley, and that must be a professor he's talking to he said that professor's been told about Jesus (laughs) say brother Conley had been through the hard knocks of life and he was not ashamed of his faith oh beloved you know what some of the most humble the most inviting people that I've ever met have been people that's been through tremendous struggle you know what? People that's been through cancer treatment, you know, they can be a tremendous courage encouragement to those people that are facing cancer treatment. Those people that have been delivered from drugs and various kinds of addictions. You know what? They can. God could use them to help others that are going through the same thing. You see, storms have a way of shaping our faith. This window there in chapter six, verse fourteen, shows us or gives to us an indication how how this window can cause us to focus on christ's protection look at verse 14 he said make yourself an ark of gopher wood make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch there is not there was not a single there was not a detail in this ark that in some way did not depict the holiness and the purity of the lord jesus christ for instance that wood there is gopher wood or uh some believe that it was probably cypress wood and that it speaks of christ's incorruptibility it speaks that christ was sinless and he was separate from sinners we look at that pitch and it speaks to us of the uh, of christ's identity with the sinner we look at uh, look at this window here and this speaks of how christ is our window to god our window to heaven because he Became flesh, he who knew no sin became flesh, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Right. And he says, if if any man needs anything from God, listen, just go through Jesus, right. ask Jesus. And beloved, let me say something to you tonight. I don't know about you, but God has answered a many a prayer for this old boy. Pray in Jesus' name. I used to visit a lady named Miss Lowrain, Miss Lowrain Locklear, and she was suffering and dying from Parkinson's disease. And she's, I was visiting her in the rest home one day and she had one of those violent tremors. And she says, preacher, well, at that time I was just playing horse, not a preacher? She said, brother horse, she says, sometimes I get in such a fix and I hurt so bad. She said, I just can't say a thing, but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She said, after a while, I begin to calm down. And it's not long said God gives me peace gives me rest oh beloved let me tell you something focus on Jesus he's our protection and this wonder here causes us to focus on Christ's promises oh I'm glad there in verse 18 chapter 6 look again he says I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you then we see something else in Hebrews again chapter 11 I remind you that That God said that listen this ark would be for the saving not only of himself but for this household I believe this I believe in household salvation I believe if a husband and wife will pray for their children and and portray before uh, their children a good model of Christ I believe God to save them I didn't say that God to keep them from ever doing drugs he might but one thing about it I believe the Word of God they can't enjoy it in peace and eventually they come back to the teachings of a godly mom and a godly daddy i believe that with all my heart you see we need to focus not only on the protection of christ but also on his promises i'm reminded that the bible teaches us that that the word of god is our rock it's our surety In Hebrews, uh, psalms chapter 38 138 the bible tells us that god has established or promoted his word of his own name I'm reminded of a missionary that was in, in a foreign land in a, in a very undeveloped country and they were flying across a mountain range and it was real hazy and they come out of cloud cover and the, the pilot doesn't see a mountain straight ahead and he doesn't have time to veer up and he, he crashes right in the face of that mountain. Well, word got back to his brother and his brother, of course, was a fellow missionary and they make their way to the crash site. And they looked around to find to see if they could find any kind of belongings that would be precious to them they found absolutely nothing but just all kinds of stuff drawn around everywhere and the brother looks over at a rock and right on the ledge of that rock he finds his brother's Bible it was absolutely undisturbed and beloved I'll tell you what I got such a blessing when I read that story that tells me that though all the world around us may seem to fall apart, yeah. beloved, we can rest upon the unchanging, unsinkable, unfailing promises of God. Amen. Yeah. The word of God will stand when the world's on fire. Yeah. Aren't you glad of that today? Yeah. See, storms can shake our faith. But storms also can shape our faith. Bye. Causing us to focus on Christ's protection. Causing us to focus on Christ's promises. And also causing us to focus on Christ's presence. During chapter 7 and verse 1. Stay with me now. Don't, don't let me lose you. The Lord said to Noah, come into the ark. That's the first time you find the word come in the Bible. Now I was studying that and reading that. Just, just musing it over. Now, why do you think the Holy Spirit said, Come into the ark? You know why? Because Jesus was already there. Yeah. Jesus was saying to Noah, come where I am. Yeah. Oh, beloved, I want you to know something. If you come to Jesus tonight, you're on safe ground because you see the Bible says that judgment has already fallen on him. He's <laughs> taken our sins, and we become the righteousness of Christ in God in Christ. See, he says, Come. Come into the ark. You see, Isaiah 41 in verse 10, he says, don't be afraid. He says, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Oh, aren't you glad of that? Come into the ark. It's amazing to me that God begins the invitation from judgment to come. And then you find in the last of book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, he says, let him, whosoever reads, whosoever hears, he said, let them come. Have you come to him tonight? If you're not beloved, you're on the ground of judgment. Come to Jesus tonight. I read a story sometime back. I shared it with, uh, with our church about this, this uh, huge Um, ocean liner was crossing the Pacific and uh, uh, they were caught in a terrible storm and the storm began to toss that mighty ship from side to side and the passengers in the ship they were terrified they were scared to death and one of the men had noticed a little girl over there she was playing with her dog just as quiet just as at ease as she could be and the little girl the fellow walks over to the little girl and says honey aren't you afraid don't you realize that we're in danger of our lives she says oh yes she says i know that we're in trouble i know that there's a terrible storm that's raging he says, well why aren't you afraid and the little girl looks at the terrified passenger with a great big spent smile on her face and she says because my daddy is the captain of this ship <laughs> oh hallelujah Let me tell you something, beloved. When God commanded Noah to build this ship here, to build this ark, let me tell you something. He knew that there was a storm that was on the horizon. And Noah, he was in the ark. And listen, this ark, though, was made for this storm. Oh, hallelujah to God. We're trusting in a Savior tonight. No matter what storm you're going through, we have a faith. We have an anchor for him that is made for the storm of life, beloved. There is no problem, no weapon formed against the child of God. Isaiah said that God will allow to prosper. Aren't you glad tonight that we can withstand, we can survive the storms of life no matter what? We're gonna be victorious. We're victorious tonight. Oh, beloved, storms have a way of shaking our faith. Storms have a way of shaping our faith. And then finally, hallelujah, how storms can settle our faith. Are you settled tonight? Oh, I remember Mr. Wiley Jones. He says, I'm not an adjustable wrench. He says, I'm a fixed wrench. He says, I don't change. He says, I'm fixed. Are you settled tonight? Are you settled? You see, saints, there's a few things we need to realize. First of all, we need to realize that we have a divine sovereign that keeps us in the storm. A divine sovereign that keeps us in the storm. Architectural engineers, I was reading and one what writer says, he says that the design of this ship could withstand waves that could cause the ship to be tilted almost to a 90-degree angle and still remain on its heels. He says that uh, it had the structure integrity as a modern ocean liner. Look at verse t- uh, 7 and verse 16. And the Lord shut him in. The Holy Spirit was saying to Noah, Listen, Noah, I want you to build that ark And in the very top, he says, I want you to make a window. It's a very narrow window. You see that window, what it does? It promotes our dependence upon God. It promotes our dependence upon God. And then it also prevents our distractions from God on the things around us. And he says, Noah, I want you to stay focused on the window. One window now. One window. There's not many Jesuses. There are not many ways to get to heaven. Only one way. And then there's one door. One door. That door was on the bottom of the ship. Did you know little babies could come in that door? Did you know whoever wanted to come in that door, they could come before God shut it? Anybody could come in. But listen, y'all follow me now? Listen, I'm, I'm just, boy, I just get excited when I, when I begin to uh, imagine this. Here Noah is. Man, he's got, his, he's got his wife and his children there and his daughter-in-laws. They're there with him. And man, these storms have beaten, and you can see that, feel that ship been t- tilted that way, and then tilted that way. And, and the wife says, Mrs. Noah says, Honey, I believe we're going to, I believe the ship's going to fall apart. And he says, Look at the window, honey, look at the window. And then Noah, after a while, he gets scared. The storm keeps increasing in ferocity and intensity. And he begins to look at the door down there. And blow that door is a piece to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that I am the door if I me anyone enter they will be saved listen follow me now listen to me oh Noah. he begins to look down on the door I know Jesus he speaks to Noah he said Noah, you keep your eye on the window I got the door hallelujah aren't you glad that Jesus is the door today We don't have to worry about losing our salvation. We don't have to worry about going under. Why? Because Jesus is the door, and all we got to do is just keep looking to Jesus. He's sovereign. He's in control. Oh, realize that we have a divine sovereign that keeps us safe in the storm. Oh, when Noah come out of that ship, he didn't have a scar on him. Nobody in that ship. Realize that we have not only a divine sovereign that keeps us safe in the storm, but we have a divine sovereign that sees us through the storm. Now look over here at verse 8, 15 through 16. Some of you are saying, man, is he about through? I am just about through. Look at chapter eight, verse 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 15 and verse 16. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, go out of the ark. You and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Notice here in first chapter 7 and verse 1, he says, come in. Now he says, go out. You know what it tells me? Jesus is still in the ark. He's still in control. He's still sovereign over your storms. Oh, aren't you glad? I'm reminded when... The, when they threw those three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. You know, when they, when they fell in there or were thrown in there, they didn't have to wait for Jesus to get there. He was already there waiting on them. I'm reminded when they put Lord Noah, uh, uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, Daniel didn't have to wait for Jesus to get there to, uh, to uh, stay the lion's mouth. Jesus was already there. That's right. Hey, look, you remember when... Uh, when the old king went there to check on the three Hebrew boys and he had them to open the door and he looked in and he says, Hey, fellas, come here. He said, Didn't we throw three fellas down here? He said, I see four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And uh, according to the way I understand the Scripture, they got those three boys out of there. They left Jesus in the fire. You know what that tells me? Hey, we're going to face the fire. But we don't have to wait for him to get there. He's already there waiting on us. He's already made a way. He makes a way out of no way. Oh, I'm so glad today that I can look through the windows of my storms in life and realize today that those storms might sometimes shape my faith. Storms have a way of shaping my faith. But bless God, storms have a way of settling my faith. Oh, Paul could say, I know in whom I believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. And not for me only, but to all those that believe in his glorious appearing. He's coming back again one, church, one day, church. Oh, he's coming back after you and he's coming back after me. Are you ready? Will he find you watching and praying? Will he find you watching and working? Will he find you doing his will?
1: Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins, And that he died for our sins. And he arose on the third day. And then if you would confess him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart. And you must be willing to serve him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.